Hello, and welcome to AJC's Passport, a weekly podcast where we travel through political events, the people driving them, and what it all means for the Jewish community. I'm your host, Sefi Kogan. Shortly after his election, Donald Trump referred to Israeli-Palestinian peace as, quote, the ultimate deal. But what has the ensuing year wrought? To better understand the state of relations among the U.S., Israel, and the Palestinians, we turn now to Jason Isaacson, AJC Associate Executive Director for Policy. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Zebby. Before we jump into current events, we'll be discussing in just a moment the Trump administration's relationship with Israel and the Palestinians. Could you just give us a quick overview of the work that you do here at AJC? I know that's no easy task. <laughs> thank you, Seppi. Well, so I have two titles. I'm the Associate Executive Director for Policy, which uh, gives me an overview of AJC's public policy uh, on a range of domestic and international affairs issues. AJC has an active legislative advocacy program. Uh, we are also engaged in diplomatic contact around the world through our 22 offices in the United States with consular officials and in our offices in New York and Washington with diplomats at the UN and, uh, and diplomats posted to the United States, as well as our overseas offices, of which we have 10, where we're in direct contact with many governments. AJC travels broadly. All of the issues that we deal with in international and domestic policy arenas are part of the portfolio that I oversee in the policy realm, as well as the director of our Office of Government and International Affairs, which is based in Washington, but embraces our international offices and our New York offices that deal with the United Nations and various uh, other kind of geographic and thematic issues in international affairs. We're talking about Israel and the Palestinians today, so let's just dive right in. Can you lay the groundwork for us and tell us what were the goals that the Trump administration had as they entered office just about a year ago with regard to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? Well, it's interesting. The, uh, the Trump administration took office just a few weeks after, of course, the U.N. Security Council had adopted a resolution that was harshly critical of Israel on the issue of settlements and really blaming Israel for a failure to move forward on a peace process with the Palestinians, a Security Council resolution that was adopted with the abstention of the United States, which allowed it to go through under the Obama administration. The Trump administration had a very different view about the U.S. role in international oversight of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in the international role of monitoring prospect toward peace between Israelis and Palestinians, and of course, a very different view about U.S. support for Israel. There, there had been an impression that had gained uh, ground in the last administration that sticking so close to Israel, allowing some daylight uh, between the U.S. position and the Israeli position would be good for the prospect of advancing a peace process, would be good for Israel's security in the long run. Uh, that was something that was really discarded by the Trump administration, which saw the benefit of a close relationship with Israel and a signal to Israel's neighbors that uh, they weren't going to allow a wedge to be driven between the United States and Israel. Still uh, had some critical voices expressed in the early months of the Obama administration about settlement policy um, beyond uh, existing footprint of settlements in the West Bank, but made it quite clear that Israel's security, Israel's sovereignty uh, were of supreme importance to the United States government, and that the signal had to go forth to uh, all of Israel's neighbors that there wasn't going to be daylight between 
Washington and Jerusalem on these issues. By the way, on Jerusalem specifically, uh, we saw very clearly uh, over the course of the year and then climaxing on December 6th with the announcement by President Trump about American recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, which is you know just a simple recognition of reality, um, that that it was it was clear throughout the year, the first year of the Trump administration, that this president had a very different policy and a very different attitude toward uh, toward Israel. Tell us about the education of the Trump administration. What have they learned over the past year? Well, it's quite interesting. In 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 the first months of the administration, when and actually just in the first days, when the president charged his son-in-law. Jared Kushner and his longtime attorney in New York, Jason Greenblatt, to focus really heavily on restarting Israeli-Palestinian negotiations and trying to solve this long-standing bitter conflict once and for all uh, with the so-called ultimate deal uh, between Israelis and Palestinians. Very clear that the, the direction that he gave them was first learn about the conflict, uh, talk to as many people as possible and see where there are areas in in which we can try to make some headway. And not only I, but frankly, people throughout the region, in the Arab world especially, and in uh, in the Palestinian uh, sphere as well, have been quite impressed with the seriousness, the open-mindedness with which uh, Kushner and Greenblatt approached this task. Uh, Greenblatt especially, uh, the way he would find himself in meetings with Palestinian teenagers and businessmen in the West Bank, as well as uh, across the Arab world, talking with officials, talking with civil society leaders, um, talking with um, with the academicians about ways to move this forward, finding out the details of the conflict and how the conflict was affecting them and, and ways in which in which cooperation could replace conflict. So I give them very high marks, and as have people throughout the region, on the way that they approach this issue. And uh, in the course of the last several months, of course, we've heard many rumors and more than rumors about a plan that was being put together by this Kushner-Greenblatt team to restart talks and move toward a what would be a two-state solution, even though they were shy about often using that term, two-state solution. It was very clear that they envisioned that as the ultimate goal. Uh, when uh, the president talks about uh, a treaty or peace between Israelis and Palestinians, that's the the way that that can be shaped. We're now seeing um, a bit of a pause in that because of the reaction um, among the Palestinians and some in the Arab world to the December 6th announcement about uh, Jerusalem recognition. But I expect that we'll get back on track. There really is no alternative to the American role uh, in advancing and facilitating Israeli-Palestinian peace and cooperation with moderate forces in the Arab world. Jason, I have just two final questions for you. The first is about personalities. President Obama and Prime Minister Netanyahu famously had, shall we say, a less than excellent personal relationship. What do you think of the personalities at play and their interplay now? Well, it's interesting. I think that the uh, the Trump-Netanyahu relationship seems excellent. The chemistry, from all accounts, uh, seems quite good. They are both forceful personalities, uh, seem to know their own mind, and really want to find a way to tackle serious problems without dilly-dallying, without ambivalence. I think that there's a possibility we can actually make some real progress here. The Trump relationship with others in the region is varied and, I would say, evolving. It was clear that from the early meetings at the end of the campaign and then in the early months of the administration, 
administration that uh, the president had established a good relationship, a good rapport with uh, President Sisi of Egypt, with King Abdullah of, of Jordan, with others in the region, of course, with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. There has also been a, an important relationship established both by the president and, 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 and also by Jared Kushner and others in the administration. So the personal aspects of this, the personal relationships that seem to be forming, uh, seem to be positive, and that will be a contributing factor to the possibility of success. I would also caution, though, that policy is about more than personality. It's about interests, and the interests of the United States in a stable region, the interests of the United States in having alliances on which we can depend are really the supreme, the, the governing factors in all of this. I expect that if there are hiccups sometimes in personal relationships, the overarching American national interest will prevail. Jason, my last question is about your outlook for the region. Are you feeling more optimistic or less optimistic than you were a year ago? It's very easy to be pessimistic about a region that has known almost nothing but turmoil and conflict for really decades. But I know that the cooperation that has begun mostly quietly, but sometimes a little more openly between Israel and Arab states is a fact of life. And it will be increasingly apparent to the Arab leaders and to Arab civil society that Israel is a part of the neighborhood and a contributor to stability and peace in the neighborhood. And I expect over the long term, as more and more awaken to that reality, you will see progress on other fronts and a lessening of conflict. I wouldn't bet the mortgage on an immediate resolution of, of all the conflicts across the region, but I think the trend is positive, and it is just because of the reality of Israel's contributions to peace and stability that, uh, that we will see further progress on all of these fronts in the years ahead. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, Sefi. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Sefi Kogan. This episode is brought to you by AJC, the American Jewish Committee. Our producer is Alex Zeldin. Our sound engineer is Scott Reitherman. Tune in next week for another episode of AJC's Passport.